You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. On Friday night, after a very long week and with a bottle of red in my hand, me and the NHS one rocked up to the chippy on the way home. Now, being millennials, we obviously like to pay for everything with our phones, which doesn't work too well in cash-only establishments. So we go back to the car and we manage to cobble together £7.59, so all is not lost. My one stipulation is the fanciest spring roll because I love a chippy spring roll. Well, five minutes later, he comes back to the car with two portions of chips, Two of the worst looking sausages you've ever set eyes on. And believe me, I've seen a lot of sausage in my time. And a pot of gravy. Apparently, there wasn't enough for a spring roll. But there was enough for a fucking bucket of gravy and two anemic sausages. So needless to say, I'm taking new applications for prospective boyfriends. So apply within. This time on After the Tone, accidental drag names, dad worries, and a shit start. Uh, Hello, it's me, Scotty, back again. Welcome to the cult. Now, we had a lovely time last time, didn't we? Those of you who joined us in the room, thank you very much. And those of us who tuned in afterwards, thank you very much too. Oh, God, it was a bit of a giggle, wasn't it? I mean, I hear word on the street is that producer Deb has already confirmed another live show in London. Working me to the bone, that one, aren't ya? Yeah, I'm in my right mind to join a fucking union, ain't I? Might shag Mick Lynch while I'm at it. (laughs) Trigger warning. Socialism makes people sexy. Um, Details of ATT Live are coming up a bit later. But today, normal service resumes. I mean, I say normal. It's a very big word round here. It's me, you, a cup of tea and a fresh bag of nonsense to work our way through. But before we dive in, listen, you lot are fab. And I just want to tell you that, right? You're really fab because you always tune in and turn it out for us all the time. So we're so fucking grateful for it. So we thought we'll be poncy and we'll ask you another (laughs) favour. 
podcast land is becoming more and more saturated with big brands throwing their weight and their money around. And mighty independents like ours, well, more than ever, we rely on our brilliant listeners to help spread the word and beat the algorithm. So do us a favour, share it with a friend or email an enemy or just put it on your fucking story. Right, okay, shall we do this? Here we go. Hi, Scotty. It's Toby. I wanted to share with you a shit story because what better way to kick off a new season of After the Tone than with a shit story? It's quite a short one. I was in the bath. I really suddenly had this urge that I was going to shit and I didn't want to shit in the bath. It was not going to be nice. So I attempted to get out of the bath. Somehow I managed to slip Um, winding myself, bashing my head on the backside of the bath whilst projectile shitting all over the floor and the bottom of the sink. Um, I also learnt of a word, my partner is Dutch, and I've learnt of a word which is the Dutch saying for uh, pebble dashing, which is spetapoop. And I, I probably absolutely butchered that. And when I when I say that, my partner does this very curled frown and just a face of disgust. So obviously, because I get a reaction, my ADHD brain keeps on saying it every so often. Spit the poop. Anyway, After the Tone Live was amazing. I, uh, I'm still buzzing from it. Thank you so much for putting it on. And it was really great to meet JRF and meet you and see the wonderful Harry and just be in a room full of love and um, mental illness, which was always lovely because I felt at home. Bye, Scotty. I'm very proud of you, by the way. Just need to say that. Very, very proud. Like a proud mum. Oh, hi, Toby. It's lovely to have you back. Now, let's let's start as we mean to go on, obviously. Now, get the boop, something like that. Well, do you know what? I'm sorry. I know tangent coming up. Why is it that there needed to be, I'm just going to say it out loud and then we'll work through it. Why is it that there needed to be a translation for pebble dashing? <laughs> Does that mean they have it in other places? I thought it was just like lazy English builders. <laughs> now, if you don't know what skittable or pebble dashing is uh, in your part of the world where you're listening to this, it's literally where they throw bits of gravel at cement on the outside of a house. And I'll tell you what, what can make a very generic suburban home look more depressing... <laughs> So I'm glad you skitter-pooped over your old bathroom. My God, you could have done yourself a mischief. You could have knocked some sense into yourself as well. How dare you walk in here and say, oh my God, wasn't ATT live? It was lovely to meet JRF. Oh, is that what I'm doing? Am I running a fucking glorified drag con for JRF? Is she the RuPaul around these parts? That's it. I'm not fucking doing another one, Debbie. Cancel the fucking tour. Hello, Scotty, Tim, Deb, Kat, Meyer, everybody at the pub. I just thought I would share a list of accidental drag names that I've been gradually compiling that have sort of popped up in my life. Major Roadworks, Private Access, Serbaceous Filaments, Elvis Parsley, Pure Labia, Hard Liquor, Rosary Beads, Madam and Eve, Puffy Bop, Batty Boop, Intravenous Tubage, Magenta Placenta, Babditch, Liza Minnellial, Fagatha Christie, Miley Sinus, Gratuitous Nudite, 
Christian tingle, dubious connotations, snatched glimpsings, jaded cunt, faggot, electricia. She's a queen who does um, electrician themed dances, like in um, what's that one with the angle grinder flash dance? That one. Uh, mix understood, Simon but deadly, plant based patty. She's a vegan, obviously. Chuppa Chuff, Barbie Dazzler, Escort 7, they are a drag queen supergroup, obviously. Philippa Fish, and Slumpy Mentals. Lots of love to everyone. Bye. <laughs> I really love Escort Mentals. <laughs> That's really tickled me in ways that I don't think it should have. Well done. 10 points round of applause to you. Lovely to have you back in the room. Now, this reminded me of a Facebook group. I mean, can you remember such the things that my friend Jackie Potato, great name, well done, basically set up just purely for this. So I'm going to log on and see if it's still there. Log on. God, I'm using the WWW. Now, oh, here we go. Is this is my group? I hope it's not mine. Well, there's six and a half thousand people. Okay. Shaka can't. <laughs> Auntie Gravity. Not sure. Wikipedia. That's quite a good... I'm basically going through what the most recent posts are. Ivy League. Mm, I'm sure it's probably well done. Miley Cypress. Do you know what? Some of them aren't funny, are they? <laughs> Tory Chaos. That's, well, yeah. do you know what? Political. Yes, well done. Uh, let's see if there's any better ones. Conservative horror story, mini budget. <laughs> mini budget. <laughs> oh my God, God this is going to kill me off. Um, <coughs> I like those ones. Do you know what I mean? Like, the more ridiculous, the better. I think when you try and turn them into a real name, uh, you know, it doesn't really work for me, but I do really enjoy them. <laughs> Someone's put here, uh, any food drag names? Cornish Pasty? <laughs> that nose says Cornish Patsy. <laughs> okay. Okay, I might have to stop, but I can't, I can't stop. I can't stop scrolling. If you want to find this, it's just called Drag Names with lots of exclamation marks. It's a public group on Facebook, and I'm sure you can have a whale of a time. But do you know what? It's actually more fun trying to explore them together. So if you've got any drag names, you know what to do. Pick up the phone. Don't be a stranger. <laughs> Hi, Scotty. Hi, After the Tone family. This is Reggie. So when I was about seven, I was at primary school. And the school I went to was majority white working class kids. There was not that many like non-white kids at our school. There was only me in my year. And we were working class. You know, I was this like small for my age girl with a monobrow, probably a little bit of a moustache, very dark-skinned, unruly hair, probably smelled constantly of Indian food. Just wasn't really that confident, but um, learnt very quickly that if I created a character for myself, that I would survive in this world, which leads me to a story about my name. My full name is Rajuka, and I'm in the school, and no one can obviously really say my name. You know, I had all the nicknames, Rajuka the Bazooka, Rajuka the Veruka, but I decided everybody from now on must call me Francesca because Francesca is a very classy 
red wine connoisseur, drinking champagne, shopping with the ladies, French woman, embodied style in class. And at the age of seven, I was going to be Francesca. And I started with people in my class, tried to get my teacher to call me that. I even told my mom that that was going to be my name. Obviously, I was met with laughter, hilarity, and nobody to this day called me Francesca. And I still, this is really perfect, but I still tell this story every time I meet a Francesca and I get really excited by it. And then I thought, do you know what, Reggie, you are 44 now. Can you give this Francesca story a rest and just embrace yourself and just continue to live your life being Reggie Rajuka? Because you know what? You're enough and that's okay. I mean, obviously, I would love it, Scotty, if I bump into you and uh, you're like, hi, Francesca. It will instantly make me cry. (laughs) Rajuka Francesca. (laughs) Maybe it's Rajuka Francesca. Oh, that's a stage name and an off, isn't it? Welcome to the stage, Rajuka Francesca! I, I tell you what, that is a glorious drag name. If you're wanting a drag identity, then I think there you go. I love this idea. About, actually, let me preface this by saying this is full of, like, humour and joy, but it is also, there's underneath it, there's a real, like, little thing where I just want to meet seven-year-old Reju and be like, it's all right, you can be what you want to be, honey, do you know what I mean? You're gorgeous, you're wonderful, you're going to be fantastic, you're going to survive, you're going to have a wonderful life, and when you're 44 years old, you're going to have a bit of a crisis, because you keep on telling people the same anecdote about being called Francesca. Well, do you know what? Maybe you've annulled your sins of it, do you know what I mean? Because now it's out there in the world as a podcast. You know, if any of your friends listen to it, they'll be like, oh, I've heard, yes, I've heard that story now. There is something, though, about fantasy identities, isn't it? It's about a way of us coping. And I think that's where I find the sadness within this, isn't it? It's like we create these, like, alternative worlds. In the same way, I guess, from a very young age, I felt like I had to talk differently. So I had this pretend posh accent for answering the telephone. Just because, you know, notions. But it's this idea of, like, creating something that isn't there to soften the blow for the rest of the world, isn't it? And, well, I'll tell you what, therapy, in my experience, is just about unlearning all of that stuff. Trying to go back to that original parts of yourself to be your authentic self, I believe they say. So, Reggie, Francesca, whoever you want to be, do you know what? I've been called much worse in my time. (laughs) So, you know, there's no harm in being Francesca. I mean, well, <laughs> say, that, say that when someone tells me their name and if they're a posh cunt, <laughs> I'm always like, yeah, of course you're fucking a Francesca. Do you know what I mean? But I love it. I love it. Nothing more when like common kids have got names that are above their station. <laughs> Absolutely love it. I'm like 10 points. Do you know what I mean? Because either you or the parent has decided <laughs> this is what your name's going to be. I'm, I'm on a very weird tangent here, but Reggie, Francesca, now I've got an identity crisis. I don't know, because in my heart, I want to say, well, you can be whatever you want to be, but also <laughs> I don't want to encourage <laughs> you down a road that, you know, it's difficult because I guess some of this stuff as well, like choosing Francesca, let's get deep. We're about to get political. 
I wonder if some of this stuff is about race politics as well. It's about, because in my mind, Francesca is like the white upper class, you know, like kid that's everything's paid for. Other people might absolutely disagree with me on this. So I wonder if there was something there in the consciousness, because I also, oh my God, that's really reminding me, because I get a confirmation name being Catholic. My God, you get to choose a name for every day of the week. And I chose Francis. <laughs> probably for the same reason, where I was like, it sounds quite refined, because by the time you have your confirmation, you're 15. So, you know, I was fully immersed in a fantasy scenario that um, I would be like the boy from Oliver. I will be picked out from obscurity by some upper-class stuff and live the life that I'd always deserved. (laughs) Me and my mum talk about that, actually. Me and my mum, I think, definitely had absolute delusions of grandeur because I think whilst living in poverty, I always thought to myself, I don't belong here. (laughs) I'm laughing because it's so abstract and so fucked. But when I was living in that version of poverty, I was like, this doesn't belong to me. And so I don't know why I'm here. Like, And you disassociate, I think, fancy people call it. Anyway, Reggie, well, you've really sent us down the way here. I would love to talk about this sort of like alternative realities that we build for ourselves to soften the world. And Reggie, I just want to say, like, thank you so much because this is so cute and so sweet and layered in such joy. But underneath it, I think there's some real meat. So thank you so much. This is what we try to do with After the Tone is to kind of like have those sort of difficult, weighty conversations about our experience, but through this sort of soft gauze of understanding it is an entertainment format and someone might walk in in a minute into the pub and say, I've just shot myself. (laughs) Reggie, thank you so much. It's time for your favourite and mine. It's time for the DM slide. I can't stop thinking about my ex when wanking. (laughs) They left me seven months ago. We were only together for three. Lesbian sex is (laughs) mind-blowing. I want to ask you about this. Oh my God, it's so good. Well done. An excellent DM slide. If you have something you can't put your voice to or a statement you want to share with the room, you know what to do. Slide into the DMs at After the Tone P-O-D. Hello, it's Jojo here. Once again, out and about, just walking around the streets of Edinburgh, where I live. So... I absolutely bloody loved the live version of the podcast. It was really alive, uh, comedic, and you could feel the lovely energy in the room. Just calling because I had a thought that maybe the pod might be able to ponder on, considering that we're all fellow mentals. A lot of us, not all of us, but a lot of us. Why don't a certain generation of people get therapy? I know that it's only become acceptable in recent years to go get help for your mental stuff. Um, I certainly didn't really start getting help until I was in my 30s. So I understand. Basically, my dad is in his 60s. He's just retiring. And he's in a stressful situation because he's had his own world in business for so long. And he's given it up now. And he's, like, quite scared and... Quite stressed, and I think these stressful situations, you know, as all mentals know, if you're under a, a stressful situation, it can kick off something else, and 
basically my dad's dyslexic and he's definitely got undiagnosed ADHD and anxiety disorder but he has that thing of like being like I can figure it out on my own you know and he clearly can't and I'm a bit worried about him basically what I want to do is like help him understand that there's ways to build new behaviours around like your life but I also want to help him understand that it's the world that's not structured in the right way for mentors because of capitalism and neoliberalism and all the oppression that comes with that but my dad he doesn't really read to give him like some something about capitalism and neurodiversity and I just don't really know where to start I mean I'm I try and be I'm there for him like we can talk about stuff but he's sort of quite stubborn um and one nice thing that we're doing is as he's retiring he wants to make art um I'm an artist uh if I can call myself that because sometimes it feels like a weird word anyway I make things and he's gonna come up to visit me and come to my studio we're gonna make some metal sculptures together which is a really nice idea and you know maybe I could use that time to feed some of this information that I my opinions about why people have these sort of what is termed neurodiverse brains that are kind of normal responses to the shite that's happening in the in the world you know just supports and if anybody's had any experience of this it'd be great to talk about it and yeah love you all so much bye-bye oh hello by the way to scotty tim Katmeyer. i hope you're all doing very well Hello, Jojo. Lovely to have you back in the room. Honestly, it really is. You always come with such a thoughtful question, a thoughtful observation on life. First thing I want to get out of the way, if you worked for Greg's, I'd say you were a baker. If you worked in, um, I don't know, McDonald's, you're a waiter. You work with art materials, you're an artist. And I know that's really easy to say, because I also understand the uncomfort. But I think sometimes we just have to deal with the literal, don't we? We just have to go, what is it that I work with on a day-to-day basis? Is it bread? Therefore, I must be working as a baker. Therefore, I'm a baker. What am I working day-to-day? Working with art, so therefore I must be an artist. You know, let's kind of try and start there before we start to pile on top of ourselves who or what can be an artist. Because that's the bollocks that I think also is the link here between therapy because I think it has these certain ideas these cultural ideas about who therapy is for who being an artist is for and I think there's a similarity here between middle class elitism and um, it's sort of like the rules of engagement this is for a certain type of person so I wonder if within that uncomfortability of you being like well I I feel like an artist if that's an uncomfortable thing to say if there is some of the answer to how maybe your dad is feeling and I think therapy is so loaded for me I didn't think therapy was for me until I was in my late early 30s actually yeah and also you know we have to caveat this with access because it's not just shame or this idea that it's not for us or it's something that isn't allowed for me there are so many different hurdles and you know as somebody who is also dyslexic and finds words really difficult like handing me a book is never going to work for me but conversations will or kinetic learning that's learning with my hands you know being showed how to do something is often the route for me because you know we all have different learning styles 
styles. So well, I guess what I'm saying here, Jojo, is in that uncomfortability of you identifying as an artist is perhaps some bridge, the George the Fourth bridge, to give you an Edinburgh analogy between you and your parent of understanding, you know, uncomfort. But I think... You making bits with your dad is going to be delicious. I think there's another thing at play here, right? There's not only masculinity, but there's also the heteronormative manual. And I think sometimes I don't appreciate the privilege of queerness. Something that we rarely would talk about, the privilege of queerness. It's quite easy for me to live my best poly, queer, faggy lifestyle. It's quite easy for me now to live that lifestyle and feel no judgment around people, you know, and people like putting judgment upon my family or my setup or my life or my ethics. I'm like, that's your own stuff. You know, I've learnt that people project onto you. Um, But there's a real privilege there because there are queers that have gone before me who have led the way, who have written the queer Bible that's allowed us all to go, oh, well, we're allowed to do what we like. Whereas the straights, the heady hep heads, that's quite a, a manual that they need to adhere by. Do you know what I mean? They all need to have like a Prosecco o'clock sign in the house and that terrible shade of grey carpet. Oh my God, when you go to a heterosexual's house and everything's grey or slate. Very bizarre, isn't it? And things have all, like love hearts on them. It's very bizarre. I don't know why they put love hearts on everything because they clearly don't love each other. (laughs) Anyway, we're going off on a tangent here, Jojo, which seems to be the theme of today. But there is an uncomfort between your relationship with being an artist and perhaps your dad's relationship with wanting to be therapised. And you know what? Therapy doesn't work for everybody. You know, it might be enough doing a bit of the art therapy, doing a bit of discovery with each other. Who knows? I'd love if it ever felt right for you both to come on and have a little bit of a chat about the work that you're making. Jojo, thanks for coming. Time for a breather after that call, I think, but don't go changing the channels because still to come, a pickled onion addict, easy for you to say, step-parent sexy time, oh, don't ask, and find out what connects E17's Brian Harvey and a jacket potato. Uh, Excitingly, in a matter of episodes, I'm going to be joined in the hot seat by the very brilliant human being, a troublemaker after my own heart, the one and only Joe Lysett. Very excited. So, we do hope that you'll make her feel welcome. If you've got a burning question for mummy, then you know what to do pick up the blower and send us a voice note to this number zero seven double eight two hundred three four two zero Oh, I'm really looking forward to having Joe on. Also, date in your diary, please. 7th of April. That's Good Friday or Bad Friday, however, depending to see. <laughs> good Friday. You died on a cross. Let's call it good. ATT Live is making its way to London. Uh, I'm going to be joined by Sakiza, who you might have seen a few weeks ago on Live at the Apollo if you live in the United Kingdoms, on the BBCs. Um, And me and Deb saw her show at Edinburgh and we absolutely loved it. And we think and we hope that you'll love her too. Patreons will be the first to get the ticket link. There's only 150 tickets available. For as little as a few quid a month, you can get access to bumper content, show notes, gossip, advance notice on tickets just like this. And the list goes on patreon.com forward slash after the tone your support helps keep the pub open uh, this week's patreon call comes from spooky scouser who's feeling a bit dejected as they've just not got a job and we're wondering why they're not doing better and i think we can all relate to that feeling can't we so get on the patreon and get involved in the chat right i think it's time for us to get back into the pub 
Hi, Scotty. Hi, everyone in the ATT club. Uh, it's Amy the Pond Dipper, and uh, I wanted to start by thanking you for the live show in Manchester. Uh, it was really, really fun to see the magic happen in person. Um, and the second thing I wanted to do was to back up Harry in his selection of jacket potatoes as the best kind of potato. And I say that not so much in an eating sense, because everybody knows really that the roast potato is the best potato to eat. But because jacket potatoes are at the heart of my most favourite celebrity story of all time, which is when Brian Harvey from E17 ran himself over with his own car after having eaten too many jacket potatoes. Seriously, Google it. It's an absolute gem. <laughs> Amy the Pond Dipper, you're right. It is a fucking gem of a story, isn't it? I mean, can you comatose yourself via jacket potato? Is that what Brian Harvey is saying happened? I think we are allowed to say this legally because I think Brian Harvey has referenced it on the internet or in interviews. <laughs> and what situation does a jacket potato curtail you? Do you know what? To be fair, actually, I think I can sympathise with Brian Harvey because... After having a jacket potato, well, you do need to lie down, don't you? It can be quite the feat. Would I say it was the best potato product out there, though? No, I think I'm with you. I think a roast potato probably is my favourite. Uh, actually, oh, God, that's quite a difficult one because then I'm going to... Well, do you know what? I'm one of these people that doesn't half love a hash brown with a breakfast. And I know that's a controversial choice. People think, oh, well, that's not really part of a breakfast. I mean, since when was having fucking baked beans part of a real breakfast? Do you know what I mean? I don't think we can have any purism around here about an English fry-up, considering most of it comes from other places or other times of day. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I don't know why I got so self-righteous about that. Is there any other scenario in which a jacket potato could prohibit? I mean, oh God, I know the NHS one has got a brilliant story, but I'm going to have to see whether or not the NHS one is able to allow me to tell the story of somebody and a jacket potato. I'll just leave it there. Have you had an altercation with Maris Piper? How are you feeling about your new relationship with the new potato? And what are your thoughts on King Edward? (laughs) Just purely entertaining myself. You know what to do. Pick up the blower or just turn off. Just leave, you know, now. Hi, Scotty and the crew um, and everyone at the pub. This is the one with um, the eyebrows from St. Helens. I met you, Scotty, at ATT Live. Um, I just wanted to share something that I like to eat well, drink, I guess. But I didn't realise it was quite so weird until I spoke to my friends today. Um, so my favourite snack is pickled onions, which I guess doesn't sound quite so weird. But when I eat pickled onions, I like to drink the vinegar. And I'm not just talking like little sips of vinegar either. I'm talking about big gulps. So the last time I bought pickled onions, I had ate the entire jar and drank all the vinegar within two days. Um, I think it's really delicious. I didn't think it was that weird. Uh, My friends are wondering why I'm not burning on the insides. (laughs) I was just wondering if anyone else does the same or if I need to be locked up. Okay, (laughs) that's all I guess. Bye. Oh, hello, friend with the eyebrows. Brilliant eyebrows, by the way. Well done, 10 points for you. But you live in St. Helens, so, you know, you can't have everything. (laughs) 
I like a pickled onion crisp. Don't get me wrong. I like that tangy acerbic flavour because it goes with my personality style. I like a bit of onion vinegar on my chips. Controversial. But, you know, I think it's a bit more superior than the malt vinegar that most people are used to. I don't mind a little bit of gherkin water thrown into your potato salad or a little bit in your coleslaw if you're feeling a bit avant-garde. Do you know what I mean? Drinking it as a fucking brew. Having it as a fucking... Well, actually, I say that, you know, people have it as picklebacks, don't they? But they're over in a shot with it with bourbon, 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 a biscuit, one of those. They're not gulping it down. You know what? I think you should be seriously careful about your stomach lining. Well, I guess I say that. You've got acid in there. I don't know. I'm not a medic. Stop asking me questions where I have to get legal advice. I think it might be a bit much, but I think people eat mattresses, don't they? People eat bricks. Have you watched those programmes? I think people eat weirder things, is what I'm saying. But also, at the same time, I'm like, I mean, maybe that's why your eyebrows were looking so delicious. Maybe there is the secret to gorgy eyebrows within this... uh, Do you know what? There isn't. It's just weird. You know, why am I always sat here trying to give fucking balance to everything? Why am I trying to say to people, well, you live the life that you want, when actually you could say to someone, stop fucking doing that, that's a bit weird. (laughs) So I think I might be erring on the side of your friends here, but other people might think otherwise. You know, are you at home thinking that this person who's drinking the vinegar, yeah, me too, amen. You know, I'll have a little bit of my cup of coffee in the morning. You remember that time? It was like post-lockdown, so I don't know what the excuse was, where people were having a shot of orange juice within their espresso. Or people who were having Coke in champagne, apparently. Oh, do you know what? There's a certain point where I've reached the end of my tether with the world. I just think, do you know what? Fuck off. (laughs) My friend Grant in America is obsessed with baked beans. Absolutely obsessed because he thinks it's really weird that um, English people have baked beans for breakfast because in America, I guess it's more of like a side dish, like smoky baked beans that you would have for like a, a barbecue or whatever. Where well, he calls me up, he's like, is it true that English people have baked beans with milk? So, perhaps you, like this person from St. Ellen's, have got weird taste. Perhaps, you know, something to you that feels very normal to you is quite abstract to other people. Or, maybe you're in solidarity. Maybe you're also a vinegar drinker. <laughs> so, if that is you, offer some solidarity, please, because you know what? It's better than talking about fucking birds. Are you Scotty, love? It's that JRF here. Hello, love. How are you? Y'all doing all right? Are you producer Dare by your Tim Meyer? Did we have a lovely time at ATT Live? We did. We had a lovely time. I'm a bit sad that one of my songs was caught, but for good reason, because you will probably never be able to work at the BBC ever again if you'd publish that. It was filth, kids. It was proper filth. Emmy Road. Yes, so I was listening to the show, and I was thinking about the 10-second confession of the person who gets sucked off by their best friend's stepdad. And I was thinking about the genre in um, adult films of step-parent doing sexy things to you. Now, I understand it is a fantasy. I understand that, you know, it verges on illegal. 
but you know it's in the realm of fantasy so you know is it really doing any harm to anyone but it did get me thinking that my mum was married several times and at no point did I think I want one of these to pump me and I mean I don't wish to kink shame but you know if I ever stumble across you know while I'm flicking through um you know these adult film sites and it says step parent I always <laughs> step mom stepdad i always think to myself you can see in real life social services would get involved and it's i don't know it's a boner killer for me um i know it's a bit tmi for you all at home thinking of nana having a go at herself but you know i'm a sexual being anyway i just wanted to say really proud of you all for doing the att live it was gorgeous to perform live um with you alongside darling harry and the pub landlady dear scotty is fat herself I just can't wait for more. All right. Love and light. Bye. Good afternoon, my welcomes, my lady. Auntie Nana of the house, JRF speaking. Lovely to speak to you now. Here she is. She's really turned it up. Yes, we had a fucking lovely time. ATT live. Fucking hell, everyone's fucking going on about it. It's like that gig, Debbie. Do you know that gig that they say about the Beatles where everyone says, oh, yeah, I was there. ATT Live. Well, we fucking needed Wembley Stadium, the amount of these people going on saying, oh, I was there, I was there. I think they're liars. I don't think JRF was there at all. I think it was a hologram. Anyway, now, yes, you're right. Now, look, let me, because I know there are some heterosexual people listening. (laughs) They might have turned off by now. (laughs) But, yeah, quite often, because, you know, in the queer circles, you have these tropes, shall we say. There are these, like, ways of speaking. And some of my girlfriends have been very um, interested in this idea of, like, daddy. You know, they're like, oh, you know, what does it mean? Or do people call you daddy? Or, uh, you know, and they're like, is it not a bit weird? And I'm like, it's just as weird as when, like, straight people call each other baby. <laughs> yeah, hi, baby. You know what I mean? I think infantilizing is more stranger than it is, you know, to be like, hey, daddy. Because actually, it doesn't mean that. You know, it doesn't mean, I think you are my dad. <laughs> I mean, because, like, like said. <laughs> oh, beautiful anecdote there. It doesn't mean that. I think it's just more this idea of, like, power structure, isn't it? But yes, there are certain parts of the internet where they, you know, they take it to this idea of stepdad and stepmum. And, I mean, I don't entirely get it. <laughs> I don't think it's my kink. And that's okay. But I think what's being played out here isn't, I want to have sex with a parent. <laughs> of the things this podcast makes me say. I think it's to do with power, isn't it? It's just like a form of power play. I think in the same way that pups... Oh, my God. Imagine turning this on and being like, what is this thing that I've just found on the podcast? Imagine being a pup. Pup and handler, there's a similar dynamic, isn't it? It's like different frameworks for power structures, which all brings us back to capitalism. (laughs) It does, isn't it? I think there can be some really problematic um, role-playing of, particularly when race is introduced as well. It can be very, I I say problematic, what I mean to say is colonial racist. There can be safe power play though, but I think, like ethical non-monogamy, I think it does come with like major caveats, major discussions. You know, it comes with setting up safety and autonomy, because even within these sort of like, 
like performed versions of hierarchy. There has to be an out. There has to be safety. There has to be ways that people are able to navigate in kind, safe ways. God, I've taken very light-hearted calls quite seriously today. But yes, the visual of you, Nana JRF, having a go at yourself, please. Oh, could trigger warning, please. Dousing herself with a cold flannel afterwards. And a cup of Earl Grey, no doubt, to steady her nerves. So, yes, I mean, well, those are my thoughts. Maybe you disagree. You know what to do. Let's have a chat with each other rather than trying to counsel each other as we're always trying to do. I think that's what we're trying to do here, isn't it? Have a little bit of a chat, work out the world with each other, rather than kind of feel that we have to be complete, rounded human beings. Ref, lovely to have you. And that's us. We've done it. We've done a show. We had a lovely time. Oh, God, I really love the sort of drag chat. I mean, we've covered it all, really, haven't we? From, like, shame to therapy to who and what can be an artist. Just Nana Jeff having a go at ourselves. To pickled onion juice. I mean, in which other place can you say you could cover all of those bases? Listen, if you've never picked up the blower, then I'm not sure if you'll ever will. So why not prove me wrong? The number to voice note is in the description box. Remember, those 10 second confessions all those dm slides conversations with your nearest and dearest that we can earwig token straight white men if you're listening we want to hear your thoughts or just an observation or a question or a query that you have about a life you know there's loads of ways that you can get involved act after the tone pod on the socials if you'd like to see photographic evidence actually of the gravy incident from friday night um listen i'm off to put my face in the sun because slowly that big ball of fire is coming back to my side of the planet slowly but surely and it's giving me all of the feels, and I encourage you to do the same. I'll see you next time. Have a wonderful time in the week, and um, if it all gets a bit too much, just put on the kettle, have a deep breath, and have a cup of tea to yourself, and by that time, I should be back. All right, sweetheart? See you soon. After the Tone is produced by Debbie Kilbride, Vice Producer Tim Bano, Assistant Producer Maya Miller-Lewis. ATT is a Debbie production. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. 
Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Velour XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.